I'm at a phase in my life where, because I understand the importance of water, I want the best that I can buy. So I have an Echo water system that really has upgraded my health because it produces hydrogen, which is good for your gut. It's good for oxidative stress. Um, when I was competing as an athlete, I didn't know about that. Um, that was something I would have loved to have had back then because my body was so stressed. You know, when you think about a lot of the disease that people are dealing with now, that's what it is. Inflammation, issues with their gut. When I even think about my father, you know, and, and Parkinson's, and I think about family members that have diabetes and they have Crohn's, you know, and it's like, I just want to be like, here, here, take some of this water so it can heal you, you know, and it can allow your body to do what it was designed to do. Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, cranking it up for Health, Freedom, and Healing Liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on our Sunday radio broadcast, which is syndicated by GCN. We are also on two hours a day, five additional days of the week, Monday through Friday. You can find us at robertscottbell.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Very easy to be texting uh, my initials, RSB, to 22828, and you'll be prompted in the States to, probably in Canada too, to become a newsletter subscriber for free. And today we're going to go. I say global. I am definitely not a globalist. I am for state sovereignty, national sovereignty. People should have a right to self-determination. But I am concerned about the people of planet Earth and the various countries they're in, those that respect or claim to respect something called freedom, maybe even promote democracy, which I'm personally not a big fan of. And I'll explain why in a little bit. But regardless, we're going to we're going to talk about these issues because down under on Australia, as we call it from the state side, uh, they've been hammered absolutely hammered the tyranny of maybe dare I say democracy, if it's, if that's the case of, of Australia in a place where they have confiscated the, the, the right to keep an air bar, uh, keep in, and bear arms, the firearms of the people of Australia taken no defense against tyrannical government found out under the uh, guise of COVID uh, regulations, public health demands, emergency rule that you couldn't leave your home. You couldn't leave the province. You couldn't leave your vicinity or neighborhood. Or if you did and you weren't cooperating, they could put you in, I wouldn't call it an internment camp, but maybe I would. Is it re-education, a quarantine camp? What the heck was going on down there? And, and, and we thought of the Wild West of the old America very much was the Wild West visions of Australia, the outback and freedom, and yet they weren't very free. Joining me now to discuss the updates that we haven't gotten in a few months now out of Australia uh, from this place called reignitefreedom.com, Monica Smith joins us on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Monica, welcome I appreciate you. Well, I getting up semi early as we're recording this. No, no, it's eleven. It's eleven in the morning. It's a great time. So thanks for having okay. me on the show. <laughs> I, I'm pleased to connect with you for the first time. I've done a number of shows about Australia with Australians that some are willing to get up ridiculously early, like Meryl Dory before. And I don't blame you for not wanting to do it. I don't want to do it, but I'm glad you're here now. So if you give me some backstory personally. <laughs> on your connection to the agenda for, let's say, fighting for the re regaining of freedom in Australia that has seemingly been lost since COVID craziness took over? Sure. Well, it was about, <clears throat> excuse me, it was about July 2020 when Victoria, which is where I live, which is where Daniel Andrews is the is the premier, which uh, you may have heard his name. Um, mm -hmm. We were 
in a four-month lockdown. We were a four-month lockdown and I was just at my wit's end. I just couldn't understand how this was happening. I couldn't understand why people were just staying at home. Uh, I mean, there was a one-hour exercise limit and there is no way for anyone to police that, but people were actually doing it anyway. And it just, that made me laugh, but it also made me really concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of things, I, I noticed or I could feel the anger and the anxiety in the air from so many Victorians who couldn't protest, couldn't leave their house, couldn't question things. And I thought, I don't have to be a health ex- expert to know that that's not a healthy environment to have all that anger inside of you and have nowhere for it to go. Mm-hmm. So I started Reignite Democracy Australia which basically just ended up being a, uh, a unified voice for those people, for people to not feel alone. And we did a lot of actions like emailing our members of parliament and then protesting and um, things like that, it, it, letterbox dropping and ways for people to feel they were at least trying to do something instead of keeping all the anger inside. So that's when I got involved. And then, you know, it just got pretty crazy over, over those months uh, in 2020, 2021. That's when the police started, you know, pepper spraying children and uh, shooting rubber bullets uh, into crowds and, you know, just horror scenes from what you would think is a movie. But actually it was my fellow Australian men and women shooting at us. It was it was really something. Yeah. Monica, that was astonishing to watch that. I thought, well, maybe they're like the imported Chinese United Nations blue helmet people shooting at Australia. But you're telling me. Australian cops were willing to shoot Australian people and pepper spray children. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? Look, there wouldn't have been many of them that would have done it, but they, they found them. Um, you know, a, a lot of police work were crying under their helmets, um, you know, in these sorts of situations. They're definitely not all bad. A lot of people, a lot of policemen took days off work during pro things like that. And now they are having the time trying to recruit policemen uh, at the moment, especially in Victoria. And actually, actually, a lot of Victorian police have left Victoria as well. So the the uh, the remnants of what they tried to force these policemen to do it's showing up. Well, this is the the thing that there are people that cannot stomach the things that have been going on, and even in the policing activity, as you point out, not everybody was on board with it, but perhaps trapped by what had had rapidly emerged at a time when not many people were prepared for it or had predicted it. Uh, I've been talking about the vulnerability we have in the West to believe that germs are the cause of disease. And that allowed these so-called experts in public health to proclaim a disease that that can only be found by special technology, electron microscopes or testing PCR polymerase chain reaction that beyond the work of the average person would go, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. We've got to, it's too scary. Now we've got to relinquish the freedoms that we thought the government would support. And there wasn't enough pushback initially. And now you're clawing and scratching just to get a little bit back considering what you've been through. And this guy, uh, uh, what's his name in Australia? The the premier there. What's his name in in Victoria? Uh, well, Daniel Andrews. Andrews is is he up for election anytime soon? Is there any movement to remove oh. him? Yeah, in a few months, November. So okay. yeah, I mean, look, I'm not sure if politics is the answer. It could be completely mm-hmm. rigged. I'm not sure, but I do know that there are we are trying, and there are a lot of volunteers on the ground, and we're going to do our best. What about the issue of noncompliance? I don't know if you're aware of the story of one Rosa Parks here in the United States back at the dawn of the civil rights era, a black woman who refused to get to the back of the bus at a time when they were required to do so. And it ignited a movement uh, in America towards freedom 
uh, and civil rights for everybody, uh, especially those who had been persecuted most just for the color of their skin. Has there been any moments like that in Australia that are igniting, as you pointed out, reigniting uh, this uh, love of freedom perhaps Australians might find again? Oh, yeah. There's um there's examples of that all over the country in 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 little towns and big cities. Uh, you know, we had the biggest ever protests in Australian history two times in a row. So we beat the first record straight after the, the first. We Yeah, the second time we beat the first record straight away. So um, there's clearly a yearning for freedom and a lot of people are sick of this. Um, but, you know, human, human nature as well, now that things have opened up a little bit and things seem you know, normal again. Uh, people have gone back to their lives and and that's fair enough as well. But I think what's really important is what we're doing here in Australia is creating community groups. So even just groups of 30 or 40 people in, in a town um, can be super, super impactful when things, when or if things go bad, we'll have each other to support. And I do think, I do think if things happen again, if they try to use monkeypox or some other virus to lock us down, it's going to be, it's going to be a problem for them because, uh, all the people that were already awake will be awake even more with a vengeance and there'll be a whole heap of new people as well. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that because of the governmental action, it woke people up maybe in the middle that really didn't have, you know, a a dog in the fight per se, but we're now forced to realize that if they don't get active, uh, this will happen again and again and again, because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And again, we've seen a lot of that in Australia. They've gotten away with some horrific things. I mean, the things that we used to say in America, we'd look at communist countries and regimes and go, we're going to protest to the United Nations. We're going to sanction those countries. It's like they should have been sanctioning your government based on the treatment of the, of its citizens. Absolutely. But it seems to be this sort of, uh, you know, elite group of uh, Commonwealth and, you know, Western countries, uh, turn a blind eye to civilized countries being treated like communist countries. It's it's very very strange. You're right. There should have been a, a peace, uh, you know, gathering in America on our behalf or something oh, yeah. along those lines. But the the, the leadership in, in in the Democrat Party, primarily in America, were not only utterly silent; they were cheerleading what was happening in Australia and New Zealand and other countries with lockdowns in Canada. They were wishing that they had the power to do that here in America. Well, that's because you guys have guns, eh? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah, like we are just sitting ducks here. And I'm not saying I'm necessarily an advocate for guns or anything like that. But there, that is a huge difference between America and Australia, especially when mm. it comes to to protesting and things like that. We are so peaceful here, um, but we have no way of defending ourselves. And if we just even raise our hand to a police in, in jest, yeah. uh, we'll get we'll get tackled to the ground and thrown in jail or something like that. So it's it's kind of a scare. It's scary here. Monica, yeah. the, the, the people that have said uh, America is a gun crazy country now are looking at us and going, please, whatever you do, do not give up your guns. I understand now why the Second Amendment was written into your Constitution, because the right of the people to keep and bear arms wasn't about uh, hunting or uh, even defending mm-hmm. foreign invasions. It was about defense against tyrannical government that would inevitably inevitably get, uh, rise up. Because that's the the history of government on planet Earth. And so we tried to do it different. And we're still struggling in the United States. I'm not saying we're perfect here, but you're right. Without a way to defend ourselves from tyrannical government, uh, they will run roughshod over you, as we've seen in some peace-loving countries like New Zealand and Australia and even Canada. Yeah, and we can't even have tasers or... um a pepper spray in our handbags as women you know it's um we actually have no defense 
things at all. It's really, it's really terrible. So I, I think you guys have something going there. But what, what the government's done over the last two years have woken a lot of people up, as we said. And so they're not going to be able to get away with things like they used to. The reason why our democracy is falling apart is because people stopped uh, participating in democracy. Okay, so when the good men and women are at home um, just mm. looking after their family and having picnics and barbecues, and they're not they're not participating in voting and and you know all the the branch meetings at the at the mm. local level and things. That's when democracy is falling apart. But you know what? We're everyone's getting involved now, so they're not going to get away with it for long. All right, stand by. I have some things to say about democracy. I'll have Monica comment on it from Australia. The global reach of the Robert Yad Bell Show. Happy to do this because I, I, I care for the people of planet Earth. That's all of us recognizing that there should be self-autonomy in terms of self-governance as well. More what's happening down under after this. Go to robertscatbell.com for all of the links. We'll be right back. All right, here we go again. Robert Scott Bell Show is on and we are going global. Not globalist, but covering what's going on in Australia. I've been to Australia many, many years ago, as well as New Zealand and the people are lovely. It's absolutely wonderful. Some beautiful country down there. And there is a spirit of, of, you know, a kind of wilderness, wild spirit that I experienced, Monica, down under years ago. But the surprise and the shock for us here in America was to watch the absolute tyranny of lockdowns and isolation and limiting people from even leaving their homes. You described that already. And even putting people in camps of some kind because they weren't getting jabs or they were suspected of being spreaders. Now we know there's no such thing as an asymptomatic spreader. All of the science, they said, follow the science. They were not, they were uh, you know, being, running roughshod over science as well. And they wouldn't allow any uh, challenge to that, their authority and their authoritarian ways. Now you mentioned democracy, people not participating. I'm kind of of the mindset. It's like, what if they threw elect an election and no one showed up? Wouldn't that show how illegitimate the government is now? Again, that's a controversial thing to say. I'm just throwing it out there. And also the concern I have for pure democracy is it's the equivalent of, you may have heard this, two wolves and a sheep voting on what to have for dinner. <laughs> that's one thing, the tyranny of the majority. And for me as a homeopath, it'd be like two oncologists, cancer doctors and a homeopath voting on what to do to treat somebody's cancer or your own. And you're like, I'm outvoted every time. I don't want your chemo, but I'm sorry, you have to have it. They are basically utilizing democracy to demolish the rights of the individual, which is where rights come from, not from group dynamics or group membership. So I throw that out there not to change Australia, just to plant seeds of thoughts and discussion about how do we solve a problem that all of humanity to varying degrees is going through right now. Yeah, I think there, there's flaws in democracy as well. And also with the technology the way it is today and the corruption, you know, if voting isn't fair, then there is no democracy, is there? And, you know, we had a, we had an election recently and there was absolutely mistakes. I wouldn't say the word fraud because I can't prove that, but there was very obvious mistakes made by many, many, many staff from the yeah. Australian Electoral Commission. So this is this is a huge problem. Um, also, you know, the, I, I think direct democracy could be another option um, and maybe only 30 or 40% of the country would actually care enough to be involved. But direct democracy could be, and they do do it in some years and they vote on every single thing. But then you've got, if how are you going to vote? Is it going to be on a phone? Is it going to be on a computer? There mm. could be hacking involved, you know. Yeah. I... I don't think there is a perfect system, and that's why that's why the systems keep changing. Um, if if democracy was not corrupted, 
I think it is probably the best of the bad systems we have. Um, you <laughs> know, good way to or, say it, yes. Yeah, or maybe if yeah. we had a really good leader, um, an inspirational and honest and truthful leader. The benevolent then, dictator, as we talk about, right? Yeah, maybe maybe there is a place for, you know, that sort of dictatorship from someone who's good. But someone who's good will only last a certain amount of time. Yes, and then will always will lead. And, and the power that they take in goodness will be used and abused by the next regime that gets in. That's, again, the danger there of not limiting government. And, uh, you know, look, I recognize everybody's got a right to self-determination. So I'm not, as I'm talking to you, telling you and Australia what to do. That's not my point. Just having a discussion cool. about this. And I like to hear your thoughts from that land that you're in. And I think about voting as well, because we've had our own problems here. I think the election, in fact, was stolen and rigged last time to the presidency. So we know if it can happen in the United States of America with all our technology and everything, it can happen anywhere and likely is. So that's another part of the delegitimizing of uh, current regimes, maybe in Australia as well. And that those people that are good people are driven out of even running because they realize how corrupt it is and they don't want to be corrupted by it. So it's a very difficult journey we're on. Well, actually, I, I'll put another idea into the, in, on the table here. Mm -hmm. um, what if there was no such thing as parties, but there was <laughs> just independence? Now, yeah. that is how it used to be. Back, back 50, uh, I was in the Australian Electoral Commission office recently and I saw an example of a ballot paper and they were all just individual person's names. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if they had to actually work hard based on their name not their branding not as nothing else and then when they go what into they run parliament mm -hmm. yeah they're an independent so they can make yeah. their own decisions i reckon we should try that mm, monica i'm with you there the abolition of all political parties i'm all in i like that a lot stand by we got a lot more uh healing discussion to go politically and otherwise uh around the world and right now in australia with monica smith we've got a link in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com you can check it out it's called reignitefreedom.com We'll uh, take you to a site talking about reigniting world freedom. There's a global walkout that is planned. I'll ask her about that and uh, just generally have a discussion about uh, the love of liberty that we share around this planet. Well, it's the best idea yet. Freedom. We'll be right back. Well, in addition to discussing topics of healing, even political around the world, uh, of course, there are updates in the show notes every day. You could sign up for the newsletter here in the United States or around the world. I, easiest way, if you have a texting ability in America or North America, you can text RSB to 22828. If you are in Australia now and listening to this, uh, you can just go to robertscottbell.com and there's a newsletter sign up and, you know, help defeat censorship. We're, we're bypassing by going direct. Uh, and that includes a discussion like this that perhaps some in Australia don't want us to have, but we're having it. And Monica Smith is with us from Australia. And, uh, you know, part of the, the the thought of how do you defeat the limitations, for instance, if they ever come and say, hey, you can't leave your house. How about putting your house on wheels and driving it around? Could they stop you from doing that? <laughs> Look, I mean, back during the lockdowns, they could stop you from doing almost anything. Uh, yeah. It was it was it was really quite bad. I mean, people would disguise their vans as courier vans. Uh, they put like a courier sticker on their van just to be able to drive an hour away. I, I couldn't drive three minutes to the east of me. There was a ring of steel around the city um, armed with, uh, you know, with, with uniformed uh, police and also army personnel um, wow. stopping. Pe yeah, it, it, every car was stopped. And, uh, you know, I was going somewhere. I was going to a church event and uh, they wouldn't let me go. I had to turn back around, you know. Um, so you're talking about things we used to watch in movies about the Iron Curtain. 
Oh yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was just so bad. <laughs> Police patrolling shopping centers, looking for people without masks on, and then arresting them and and, and pulling their children away and punching them in the in the stomach of people just because they don't want to put a mask on. Like it was, it was like it was like a horror show down here. I, I'm amazed that there wasn't more violence based on the violence elic elicited or conducted by the so-called authorities. Well, yeah, there was this one protest, this one moment I'll never forget. This this high up policeman, I think he was, you know, really high ranking. He actually goaded the protesters. So the protesters were being, pro, uh, you know, peaceful, and he was like, "Come on, beep, come at us, why don't you?" So, like, wow. And I was just like, "What is going on?" Like, does this guy still have a job, or was he fired? Yep, he still has a job. Wow, what an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. and and is and I. It happened to is me he, too. I drove. Yeah. Is his mother alive? I'd, I'd say I'll talk to his mother to talk to him. Mate, I, I, I just don't know how someone like that can do that. The to oh. argue with the public, it's they're supposed training to actually uh, de-escalate situations, right. not escalate them. And if we were to do that to them, I would be charged with incitement or encouraging mm, sure. violence or something. But he can encourage a whole protesting mob. It's crazy. Now, I understand Victoria was the worst of the lockdown provinces. Uh, there are others that may be more inclined for freedom now at this point, or is there, do you think there's enough of a push within Victoria that this could never happen again? No, it could happen again, unfortunately. It would happen again, but there would be a lot more people protesting it. That's mm -hmm. for sure. And so instead of just one business being all over the news for not complying, maybe there would be hundreds and they wouldn't be able to target um, the businesses that aren't complying. So I think it would be different, but mm -hmm. but it, I reckon it could still happen to some extent. Um, you know, allies would get a lot busier because, you know, back in lockdown times, it was just so, there was just protests and things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, other states uh, definitely didn't get it as bad. But we, I'm I'm in a state right now called Queensland, and they had hardly any lockdowns. But they're very um they're very hippie style people, and they love freedom. So they're actually really awake as well. So um, unfortunately, sorry, it it could happen again, but it would mm. it would wake a lot of people up. Yeah. So as far as new like faces in politics, are there young people going in and running against the guard that was? The, tyr the tyrannical supporters. I mean, is there evidence that there's an upstart, even though there are political parties and political machines like we see in the United States as well? Is there some, let's say, hope down there that you can actually change the people in government that they wouldn't do this again? Well, we just had a federal election just a few months months ago and actually voting behaviors changed a lot. So the party that is now in, control, in power um, only got 30 two percent of the vote and actually group of independents that did well the only the only problem is is their climate crisis you know crazy oh, people yeah. um and they basically are the same as the party that got in anyway which is the party that is the most communistic that we have anyway so it's mm -hmm. not good however it does show that australians wanted to vote differently they wanted to vote independently and the different the only problem was is they didn't do their research they didn't know who they were actually voting for um yes yeah. yeah, so 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 that's a good thing but also the freedom parties is what we call them here is there was quite a few minor parties that were trying their hardest and working really hard and there was too many of them and the volunteers were were they didn't know who to help because everyone needed help and they there was like five or six parties kind of 
trying to get votes from the same group of people. So it was a bit messy. Um, but look, we have a we have a Victorian election coming up in November, and there's a lot less freedom parties, and they're really hard. And uh, so I hope, friends. But to be honest, in the federal election, we got. We got uh, one freedom candidate re-elected and we got one new one elected, but we got a whole heap of bad ones elected. So these good ones, they can't do anything. They can't do anything. They're going to be wasting their voice for the next next six years, driving themselves crazy, trying to make change. They can't do anything. How has the winter been in Australia this season? Has it been a bad flu season? Is flu back? Because flu went away during COVID. You know, COVID cured everybody of flu. Uh, and, and are there mandatory masks through the winter going on down there? What's happening? No. So pretty much everything is lifted. Even the mandates have lifted except for in healthcare. Um, some companies have the ability, well, they think they have the ability to continue to mandate it. So there are those problems happening, but masks are not mandatory anywhere from what I understand. And in terms of sicknesses, well, I'll tell you what, it's been a crazy winter, for just being sick. Um, so even myself, my family, everyone I know, um, it, I've got a few theories, um, but it, partly it's because we were locked down and we didn't see people. We didn't, our immune systems are a bit, you know, down, be spending too much time in front of the computer, things like that. As a, as a, as a general population, I think we've all been doing that. But also if people's immune systems are a bit shot, then they continue to, um, share diseases really, really easily. So we're basically all just walking around sharing flus with everyone. So, Well, and speaking of shots, we are seeing devastation among those who have gotten jabs and jabs and jabs that it seems to be destroying their immune system. And I'm not saying people who haven't gotten jabs aren't vulnerable to exposure to those as well, but are you seeing strange anomalies? They've called something new here, sudden adult death syndrome, where adults are dropping dead and young people of cardiovascular events all have been jabbed. Uh, is that also being mirrored in Australia? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's a it's a really strange situation because you feel really sorry for these people. But at the same time, we tried so hard to tell them and everyone yelled at us and screamed at us and called us crazy. And um, it's just so sad. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be right, you know. And uh, yet yeah, that people, even if, even if they haven't had a serious adverse reaction, they're just tired, for example, or they, they can't function the way they did. They have to go to sleep earlier every night. Like it's affected people that, that you can't even measure. Um, and, but what, but what bothers me is that, you know, someone will get COVID really bad and then they'll be like, well, at least I was jabbed, you know? And I'm like, are you going to be, are you going to be in your grave saying, well, at least I died, but at least I got jabbed. Like, like, no, start questioning these things. I mean, um, you know, miscarriages have gone up four times, um, you know, stillborns all all this sort of stuff everything is everything is all over the place it's it's terrible sudden adult death syndrome like come on yeah come on i know i know it's 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 the morons versus the critical thinkers and some are waking up many who are waking up to this reality are regretting the jabs that they did uh receive and, and acquiesce to uh in the united states the cdc just recently reversed course and said whether you're vaccinated or not uh, you shouldn't be treated differently, that immunity from natural infection is real. Uh, you shouldn't discriminate. So uh, it's it's looking like we were all right. The ones who said, no, don't do the jab. Uh, and it, I know how difficult it was based on talking to others in Australia, much more difficult than a lot of us here in the United States, which there were repercussions in certain particular areas, whether you're in the medical field or in the military in certain arenas, they really tried to clamp down and make life miserable for people who didn't get the jab. But now 
Uh, there are lawsuits being filed and big monetary damage is happening for discrimination against those who refuse to be experiments via the mRNA injection technology. Well, that that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's happening here as well. Um, and, you know, talking about this, you know, you know, that they, they, they a big public apology to, to all of us. But of course, that's not going to happen. And uh, the mainstream media are just going to actually they'll just distract us with new problems like Ukraine or like mm -hmm. other things. And they'll just they'll just sweep it under the rug and uh, continue life like like nothing happened. But yet you've got thousands of people like me and, and others of my community that mm -hmm. have been mentally traumatized but you know what the mental trauma that we went through and i'm sure you can agree with this it actually a lot of it made us better people yes um, yes agreed. but but the, but the people who took the jab without doing their research or the police who enforced these enforcements without thinking or the the doctors and the nurses who jabbed people while they were crying to be honest they're going to have a harder time than we are on the other mm -hmm. side of this because we are going to know that we stood up for what we believed in and there's some power in that and yeah. so we're going to have to stay strong for these people because they're going to collapse around us. Yeah. And um, I'm there. I want to be there to help them. And, and I forget mostly, um, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, so I hear we're you. in a better place. We're in a better place. Yeah, no, we are uh, strong in, in a position of principle and we have been proven right and are going to be proven more right by the day, the week and the month and the year. The question is how does it impact the, the tyrannical leadership in Australia and other countries around the world? Will there be an overthrow? Uh, will they collapse? Will they change their tune? Will they have their come to Jesus moment? What will happen? I don't know, but I do know that uh, standing strong on principle in the long run always will be the triumphant place and space to be, even though there are tragedies in the midst of it. And sometimes we have to be threatened with a loss of freedom in order to really realize how how strongly we must defend it and never go to sleep again on these principles that we said we believed in. Uh, yeah. Monica Smith, my guest this hour, we've got a little bit more to go. Uh, Reignite World Freedom. There's a reignitefreedom.com website that's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Uh, we got about uh, half a minute, so I'm, I'm going to just wrap up this segment. We'll come back. I want to talk more about your website, what people can do to help you. Also, this global walkout that I see on the website. And folks, I just love and appreciate connecting with people around the planet that do love freedom, that are willing to stand on principle in the midst of a lot of threats to their freedom, their, their very lives in some cases, and didn't cower in fear. These are the people you want to have as friends, as, as family, the new tribe, so to speak. We'll be right back. Links are up in the show notes at robertscadbell.com. Please sign up for the newsletter, text RSB to 22828 or just come to robertscottbell.com and sign up for the alerts there in the newsletter and check out all our upcoming events and the guests that we have and the podcast availability after our live re reports right now we're doing with Monica Smith here from Australia, reignitefreedom.com. Tell me more about the website, what you're doing, the global walkout, anything we didn't cover yet. Yeah, great. So Reignite World Freedom is a, a few different uh, prongs there. And the first one and the most important in, in many ways is actually to connect local people through that website. So for example, uh, I might know someone in your community that is like-minded to you, but you guys haven't met each other. And because they've subscribed and you've subscribed, there is a way for me to connect you to uh, really easily. Now I'm doing this on more of organizational level. So I've had over uh, almost 100 organizations fill out a really lengthy form to
to actually collaborate with us and we're starting to hold meetings and things like that. So this is a way to kind of bring together the the global sort of leadership um, in this in this in this space to try to bring about some global initiatives. Um, and and also we'll have uh, local events listed, so you'll be able to click on your country um, and and your state and see if there's any picnics happening or any any protests or any walk you know anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's all coming in the next sort of week or two. Um, obviously we're working with some really um, amazing people uh, in, on this initiative, and that's what brings me to the global walkout. Um, so basically. What I've realized is that we have actually all started participating in globalism on accident uh, because of the conveniences that globalism has offered us. So the global walkout is really meant to be a, look, I can't go into too much detail because I have exact strategy yet, but imagine a slow walkout from some of the conveniences that globalism has offered us and in that way it could actually affect them directly because i think protests are very very powerful but without enough people globally it's not going to have an actual impact all it will do is bring people together which is lovely uh, but if we actually want to be if we actually want to fight against the anti against the globalists then we're gonna, we need to, we need to hit them where it hurts you know not everyone else so that's kind of our strategy Well, that's brilliant. And in fact, we've seen evidence of it working recently in the United States. We have a system of federalism where the states have equal, if not superior, uh, authority over even the federal government. And I know the provinces like we've seen that in Canada, there's there's pushback a little bit. And in one case, uh, one of the states, West Virginia, has pushed back on the banks because they're globalist in nature. And the banks have been told ESG scores, these scores that you know count environmentalism, wokeness, and rights by group dynamics, et cetera. And that state has said, you know what? If you're going to do that, get out of the state. We're not doing business with you. And suddenly they've wow. rolled back those uh, onerous regulations on the use of banking, for instance. So that, that, that concept is sound. If we stop utilizing that which they're trying to deliver to us or force us to accept, then they're going to have to rethink it and either slow down their globalist goal or abandon it altogether because we're no longer playing with them. And I wish everybody would uh, realize that uh, playing well with authoritarians is not good for your freedom. No, it's like I realized that I woke up one day and I was like, wow, I'm actually a part of the problem. I have an Apple Watch, you know, mm-hmm. I've got Facebook, I've got these things that I that I, that I slam all the time, but then I'm, I'm using them. It's like, it's like, like trying to beat the devil in his own game. What we can't do that. And I'm, I'm not saying that we, we can't just delete everything straight away. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not what I'm saying, but maybe, maybe we can, you know, if we start having alternatives and things like that, but you, we have to lead by example. We can't be all like, Oh, we hate the globalists. They're so bad. And then, Oh, I'll just tap my card here and tap yeah. my card there. And it, it just doesn't. So I think there's been a disconnect. We haven't quite, we haven't realized as a community of freedom lovers yeah. that, that we're actually part of the problem. And I think realizing that has changed my life. So our yeah. power is to withdraw consent. And that doesn't mean, Oh, I said, I'm not going to consent. It means you're no longer participating in, their reindeer games, their globalist reindeer games, so to speak, if you know what I mean. Uh, Monica Smith, you're doing amazing work down under. I appreciate you coming on board the show. I don't even know how we connected, but I'm glad we did. And if everybody will check out the Robert Scott Bell Show website, you'll see these links on the day of the show uh, to reignitefreedom.com. And there are people we know that are participating from around the world, including Mike Eden, who I've talked with before, Jimmy Levy as well. 
and uh yeah. michael matt out of usa i mean there you are monica from australia so god bless you thank you for what you're doing i love the people of australia i'm rooting for you if we can do anything here in the united states let me know and we'll stay in touch cool and can i just add one thing for anyone listening don't freak out i'm not going to ask you to delete your facebook straight away okay it's a slow process uh, don't be afraid and we're one step at a time we're, we're going to do it so don't freak out <laughs> all right and remember the power to heal even politically is yours If your loved one has autism, where can you go with questions? How can you learn about autism treatments, research, and therapies? Autism One is a nonprofit organization dedicated to everything autism. We are here to support families searching for answers. We will help you take control and show you how to find doctors, nutritionists, schooling, social skills, recreation, and more. Autism One has the resources to connect you with specialists and parents who have successfully seen their children reach their full potential. Autism One provides support and education for families. Alone, autism is difficult to navigate. Together, we will be unstoppable. For more information, go to www.autismone.org or call 800-908-5803. The older we get, the less IGF is produced by our body naturally. When you were born, you have tons of it, and it's why you feel great in your 20s. The great news is that you can replenish it. Just like multivitamins that you take every day, you can supplement the natural IGF levels in your body. You can do that with clinically proven IGF-1 Plus from Keys to Life. This is the stuff that helps you regain IGF-1 and feel great. You spray it in your mouth a couple times a day. Boom! Lean muscle gain, healthy weight loss, more restful sleep, positive energy gain, crystal clear thinking, all of these things. There's a reason why athletes and celebrities like Mario Lopez and Stallone are big fans of this product. These are benefits from the proper levels of IGF in your system, which naturally you lose over time. Go do the research on your own at keystolife.shop. Great deals over there, by the way, when you put the product on auto ship, and you should. It's not a lifetime contract. You can cancel any time, but you should try this stuff for about three months to really see the positive gains. Order now at keystolife.shop. Synergy Science was started to provide products that truly can benefit individuals to lead the full, fulfilling life and have their divine potential realized. We are a company that focuses on technology products that help you, help everyone overcome the challenges that our technologically advanced world provides us. So all of our products, all of the technologies are focused on allowing you to realize joy, a happy life, and to fulfill your divine potential. Not band-aiding issues, not symptom chasing, but actually fixing the source problem that's causing you to not fulfill your life's potential. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. 
All right. Welcome, everybody. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on. We are at Autism One. And this year in Tempe, Arizona, or, or, or Gilbert, or some I mean, Mesa. Mesa. It's Mesa, like Mesa. all of these little cities around. And I, there's no nowhere to eat Why here. bother? It's Phoenix, right? I mean, I understand. Like, what does <laughs> name mean anything? But for me, it's about what city had the food that I could eat. And so I went there to Tempe, and I found some organic Italian food. So okay. I, I did great. Very good. Everybody knows that you hear that sound. It's Del Big Tree, our good buddy. And he's, you know, from the high wire every week and more. Extraordinary things that... He's been doing in broadcast media, and I'm so grateful to call him a friend and, uh, you know, amazed every every week when we get to watch his show. And, of course, sometimes steal away our buddy Jeffrey Jackson yeah. to report on the things that he does. And he's done such such phenomenal work as he's, well. He's fantastic. I mean, we're so lucky to have him at the High Wire. Just an amazing talent, great researcher. Yes. And and just such a calm, steady voice <laughs> yeah, in, the, he, in the middle of a crazy, I, wild sea. I try to throw him <laughs> off with things that I can never. He's like, he'll pause and look around like, oh, and then he's back on. Yes. He's just that steady guy <laughs> delivering it as such. So, um, you know, we're here at Autism One. I think it, it's interesting having done this for so many years now yeah. and been at Autism One. I know you've been to him before when they were in Chicago as well. And the controversy surrounding autism, it's like. It's like it's like off, I'm not saying it's off the radar. It's like used to be a thing. Now you mention it, and it's like it's barely a whimper that happens. I'm not seeing a lot of attention placed on this, uh, and of course we don't have as many people here. But there's a lot of reasons for that. But it is a stunning thing in the era of COVID how it put everything else somewhere else. Like flu went away and everything, and now we're dealing with some aftermath scenarios of what's happening here. I'm just thinking nothing we do is controversial since the era of COVID. You know, it's it's really been a spectacular time. I mean, it's it's really been horrific mm -hmm. uh, what's happened to you know our society, certainly here in America, um, our rights being trashed, uh, but around the world. But in so many ways, so much great good has come from it. I mean, you know, you've been at this I think longer than I have really in this, this arena of, of discussing. When you, you were know, a snot nose kid, I was a snot nose, whatever. It was like uh, I was over at CBS, you know, promoting pharmaceutical companies, and so you know, I had a, a little bit different gig before I got here. But yeah. you know, the, the, the truth is, is that in, in some ways, I, I really, I keep hearing the word providence. I keep hearing the word providence from yeah. you know, Dr. Robert Malone. I was just you know, with um, uh, I was just interviewing uh, Joe Ladipo yesterday. We're going to be airing that uh, interview soon. He's the um, Surgeon General in Florida. Yeah, that and, guy. You know, so amazing. Yeah. And again, Providence. You just get this sense in, in when you look at it, it, feels like all this in some strange way had to happen or was meant to happen because we've really, when I think of autism one, when and this is where like our film backs really, I, just, I almost yeah. feel like it started here. You know, yeah, something yeah. was all about this energy here. And like you said, this was like the one conference. It was the space where people could talk about these things when no one else in the world was. Mm -hmm. And just a few short later years later, I mean, Vax had a, a, an incredible effect, but nothing like COVID. COVID just was such an, exp an exponential mm -hmm. catalyst um, yeah. uh, of change and waking people up. I mean, it, it's hard. I feel like excited about it. And I had to keep reminding me myself just how many people have been injured and destroyed by this yeah. uh, thing too and so I don't want to forget that but when I think of the work that you've been doing and Bobby Kennedy and Sherry Tenpenny and Judy Mike we just go on and on Andy yeah. Wakefield all these people I I would say without COVID you know we would have been 
probably 10, 15 more years to oh, yeah. get to the point that we just accelerated to in the <laughs> last two years. We, we've talked you about know? this, and I've seen you acknowledge this as well in your talks as well. The ability to reach people, of course, that's a big part of what the mainstream media was about. They had a somewhat a monopoly when we were young. There were three channels, and there was a PBS station, yeah. and a little bit of some UHF stuff. Now, Al Yankovic had a movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a massive limitation on access to information. And then over the time of our into adulthood, this thing called the internet yep. broke. Now, when I started in 1999 on talk radio, yes, there was an internet, but it wasn't anything like a, a, a broadcast media. It was still mainstream media, a little bit of talk radio that kind of inflamed people because <laughs> we could talk about things. Yeah. And then over time, the, the technology grew and the emergence of uh, almost an unlimited reach. But even with that, you know, I kept watching, what are the numbers of people that are questioning vaccines or that have exemptions? You know, one, two, three percent, depending yeah. pockets of a little more in certain areas of awareness. And then you said it, COVID came and suddenly now we were confronted with the pharmaceutical, dare I say it evil, but I know that can be hard for some people to hear, not here on this show, but the things that they were doing that would manifest illnesses and ailments in the guise of preventing things. Yeah. And suddenly the whole world became aware of that one particular thing they call the vaccine mRNA technology. And yet then they started seeing in real time the images of damage that was occurring that could not be denied because it was happening themselves or their loved ones or family members. And I come to this point now where every day more people come up and now if I'm Tell me if I'm wrong about the latest stats, but they were saying four to eight percent of parents were accepting the mRNA shot that was made EUA available for kids six months to five years. I mean, a very small percentage. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's higher than I heard. Like, I mean, I yeah. depends on where we're looking, but my understanding is it's less than five percent, maybe. But right. you know, so, I'm, I'm not tracking it every day, but super, super low. New York. I just, I just read New York City shutting down the sites they were going to be giving the vaccine yeah. to infants because nobody wants it. So there you're right in the Mecca, heart of vaccine insanity, and so they can't even sell it there. We could say the flip, like if it was three or so percent that didn't or that had questions about vaccines or were then eventually called hesitant or yeah. obstinate. I was yeah. obstinate. <laughs> but now it's the flip side. It's 96, maybe 97 percent that don't want the jab. And now they're looking back like people like Malone. Peter McCullough, yeah. who even through this early phase of their uncovery, uncovering yeah. this, were still like, I still get the flu shot. Yeah. I believe in vaccines. And now they're coming out saying, I would never get another vaccine. I would never administer it. I don't want any of my family members. We could never have done that. As good as you are, and you are awesome, my friend. No. I love you. You know that? <laughs> no. We're not, we don't have delusions of grandeur. We couldn't have made happen what they did to themselves. That's the, it. The, 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 yeah. It, it really is. I mean, it's, it's astounding in some ways. That I, I thought the moment that Donald Trump basically you know, was warp speeding this vaccine out, as soon as all that happened, I thought, I said to my team, this is going to be the greatest gift we've ever been given. They're, they're about to attempt to make the sausage right in front of the entire world yeah. under a microscope with cameras rolling the whole time. There's no way this works out for them because you and I, once you've done the research, you know all they ever had to do. Well, we, we could never get people to really look at the truth of how these were made, how little safety testing there was. And now they're going to do it without any safety testing right in front of everybody and put it out. And then the brilliant moment was, you know, when Donald Trump basically said, I'm giving it to the frontline doctors first, like you're getting it first. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't know what the motivation was with that, but I have to tell you, it definitely ran through my mind for a second. 
you know, being here at Autism One and having met all the parents I have, yeah. you know, and I think that it was clear when he was running for president, he was the only presidential candidate that ever said vaccines cause autism. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation that that happened inside his own family. I'm not going to, you know, no, I, I know. And get, I've get talked a little bit that, about you know? some of this, but the uh, the fact is, you know, one of my dearest friends who I've known for decades now worked with Trump as a, a consultant on yeah. a project for 10 years. And she was able to let me in on the fact that he was aware of people close in his yeah. circle that had children that were injured after the vaccine. Yeah. That became a prime direct source of this is where he began to see it. Yeah. In fact, I had a call from one of his uh, people. This was before he was president. Uh, uh, I think that her name, Rona, what was that? Her, it was like right up there. Yep. And she was calling about her child that had some ailments and illnesses associated with that and deficiency. So I, I had enough knowledge to say, you know what, like Trump or hate Trump, he knows that the vaccines can and do cause injuries problems. So that wasn't for me a controversial point. And obviously, when we get to work speed, then we get into a lot of questions. Well, we about get a lot to of that, but yeah. yeah, but my thought was sort of was just I just thought, man, if he is an autism dad mm -hmm. uh, and he hasn't been, you know, open about that, yeah. boy, wouldn't that be the most amazing revenge to just say, <laughs> I'm going to rush a vaccine out? You know, who's going to get it? The same people that always rush us and the kids and say that right. it never injures anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that was the motivation, but it certainly had that result, right? Suddenly, I mean, right up front, you had 50% of the CDC refused to get it, 50% of the FDA. They were having to admit yeah. it, that they couldn't even get their own, you People know, regulatory yeah. agencies to take this thing. You know, the, the biggest rebellion by doctors and nurses we've ever seen. And frankly, we this is what had to happen. You were never going to give an MMR to Peter McCullough. He was past that point. Yeah. How were we going to get the story through to him? You needed something brand new, something where they really watched how bad the testing was and then forced them to get it. And that woke yeah. up some of the greatest scientific minds. They stepped right know, into our trap. It, they, I mean, they did. They did. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm going to we, talk about that today when I yeah. might talk a little bit. Yeah. I, we, in a way, we did set a trap. You know, yeah. you, we, we, we teased the giant. You know, we kept poking the giant, hoping... We could get him to swing, and and he did wildly, and we've got a couple of good uppercuts in. I don't it, think it's over, no, but uh, but Goliath uh, is staggering. And, and you know, in desperation, uh, people do dumb things, and they are desperate. Now the question is, why did they go full bore on this COVID uh, narrative? Why was it? It was an accelerated plan of a long-term plan that they saw enough people were starting to listen to the high wire and other media. I mean, I don't know what the ultimate motivation was, but. I think they clearly, they went too far, a step too far, significantly a step too far that woke up people like we could have never done. That's a big part of, you know, what this journey has been. Now, the sad part is that we've lost friends, we've lost family members, we've lost loved ones. In fact, today, it's a year since my dear friend Richard Pearl, who owned a health food store, had a radio broadcast. He got me into radio back in the 90s. He was diagnosed, you know, respiratory things COVID went in the hospital they isolated him they kept his family out we were on the phone constantly in this and I said whatever you do Richard don't let them put you on remdesivir yeah, right and then and and yet he they beat him down because you had no advocates he was weak he couldn't defend himself and they did it and they killed him I wasn't as certain a year ago that he was killed even though I suspected it I can say with all certainty that he among many others were killed by these hospital protocols and uh, God bless you Sharuz and the family of Richard Pearl and all of those you love my friend Richard uh, it's been a year. It's amazing. We're going to be coming right back with more of Dell Bigtree here on the Robert Scott Bell Show Sunday radio syndicated edition. Come on over to robertscottbell.com. We have links to the high wire as well, and we'll be right back.
All right, back at it here at Autism One. And if you ever get a chance to come to any of these events, uh, and if you ever get to see Dell in person, it's like a, it, I always talk about you, it's like your brother love, you know, Neil Diamond's song, the, the preacher man. We yeah. love it. Fired up. It's so exciting. And, and uh, people are so excited to see you. And, I, I, you know, the good thing now is, Tom, nobody knows you're here. So yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's cool. You, you know, you're, you're, you're in your nice little quiet corner and, uh, and you know, throw a headset on and get talking. And then yeah. Get up. And pretend that yeah. we don't see them. But no, no, they're okay now. <laughs> no, it's, it's great to see We them. love it. And, and the yeah. thing is, <clears throat> the passion that people have and love for you because of what you've been able to do with the, the level of media background you have. And your team is phenomenal. I know phenomenal. some of them, a bunch of them, and they are outrageously talented in what they yeah. do. And I'm so pleased when I can see every time, every week, you put together something that's just sensational. And sometimes you get to do remotes as well. I know yeah. you went to the Freedom Fest. Yeah. That looked interesting. That was super cool. In fact, it was really, uh, it was a great event because we got to get to, I think, a brand new set of eyes and ears, yes. and which is always my goal. You know, the, the things that, you know, people will sometimes get upset or say, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine enough or whatever it is, you know, like, every, and everyone's allowed their opinions to free country. Sure. But I've always seen my role as enrolling new you know, new minds. Instead, I'm just trying to build the army of truth so that we have a voting body that we can really start making changes. And so, any opportunity I have where I can get to people that haven't maybe looked at this before is such a great experience. And that being like this libertarian conference. And one of the cool things is not only doing the show right in the middle of the you yes. know the, the exhibit hall there, but I did a I think one of the most impressive panels. Well, you know when you do panels, you, yes. you, you, I'm, I'm not, you, you do emceeing a Dude, lot more than I do. Yeah, and, and host panels things. can be fun or they can be really they a can disaster. Go, they, they can be yeah. a disaster. Like, yeah. it can just kind of fall flat or just, it's just off. And, and you know, your big personalities, I have, you know, Robert Malone and Richard Urso and, and uh, Pierre, yeah, no, Pierre McCorry. Yeah, Pierre McCorry yeah. was okay. Yeah, and, right. and so is this going to work? And, man, it was so smooth. I mean, it was just like we yeah. nailed it. But right at the top, you know, um, we... Uh, I said to the audience, you know, how many of you, like I sort of just set it up, like, you know, so how many of you, you know, use hydroxychloroquine? Just, you know, you know, smattering of hands, whatever. How many use ivermectin? Like, good third of the audience. I was like, really impressed. Like, excellent. How many of you got the COVID uh, mRNA vaccination? It was like over half the audience you know, that raised their hands and thought, I've never been here before. Yeah. You know, I'm always exactly. speaking to an audience that is usually already totally here. on our side, already there. I said, this is going to be interesting. I said, well, this is going to be a very interesting conversation for you. Let me start with the inventor of the technology that you have injected into nice. yourself. And yeah. it started there. And one person out of, I think it was, you know, hundreds of people in the room. Yeah. It only grew. People were just sucking the room. I think one person that walked off, but really nobody left that room and these were all people that had believed in the thought and and i saw them taking notes and then came up to me afterwards and just were you know everywhere i went they were saying wow i didn't want to hear what i heard at your um symposium yeah. there but i know i needed to hear it and it just says now we are in a totally different time and we if we approach this correctly we can even reach the people that believed in it yes, right yes, we, we can, you know so it's, it's such a spectacular you know it's really a great test that and see if that was possible and, and when i saw that happening i was excited too because my first experience or foray let's say outside of our environment where the people are very holistically oriented have been injured by vaccines they're aware of this and it's not a controversy in the same sense 
when I was invited to speak, uh, the 10th Amendment Center many years ago hosted a, a series of events called Nullify Now Tour. It was all about how do we stop the feds from their overreach? And it wasn't a focus on health per se, and it was not far after Obamacare had happened. So there was some evidence of, yeah, we don't like what's going on, but I came in as a homeopath. Yes, I'm a freedom guy. And they're like, I like your freedom message, but what is this thing about vaccines you're saying? That's just, and, and they still had a, weirdly enough, and I didn't expect that among the hardcore libertarian crowd, they had a, a devotion or a worshipfulness of medicine like yes. we've seen in our culture. So even though they don't trust the government as libertarians, like we know they're bad, they somehow had a blind spot as it associated with the, the medical side of things yes. and going, well, that's different. That's somehow different. And, uh, you know, to see that manifest in the way you did, it's like years later, it's not every one of them now. And it's changing fast, even because a lot of them are intellectuals. But they just missed it, like so many of us. Growing, I grew up in medicine, so I, I didn't know it either until I knew it. I mean, this just isn't any medicine. It's really, it, 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 you know, I, I, I've been saying it's a foundational or pillar of medicine. It may be the foundation itself of modern medicine. I mean, it truly, when I try to say, you know, being on this journey now that I've been on for six years of this conversation, I would say it is as difficult as if you had to walk up to a Christian and tell them that Jesus Christ never walked the earth. Uh, saying yeah, to right. people that vaccines, though you believe they were made for your health or bring health, have done nothing but make us sicker and sicker and put us on Stand by. Dale Bigtree continues with us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. All right. I love talking with Dale Bigtree. Heck, I love talking with a lot of people, but Dale's, Dale's the man, dude. He's, he's awesome. We have so much fun together. And I just enjoy watching how he lights up a crowd and really inspires people to recognize it. it, it we should not be, let's say, um, controlled by fear, right? That's another thing. Yeah. When, I, when we see you, you know, and I try to emulate in my own way the ability to walk through life without fear. Oftentimes we're asked the question, aren't you afraid? Why aren't you afraid? For me, the answer is, it's much like Judy Mikovits has said when she's asked that, why are you afraid? You walk with the armor of God. What do I mean by that? Yeah. It means you're going with a, a deep, connection to the divine not what you believe created us all that loves us that drives us through love not fear and that when i'm afraid it tells me that i'm off message i'm off my mission and then it, that's a, it's kind of a symptom that says the symptom's not the problem it says well what is causing the symptom let me get back to my mission what is my passion what is the right thing to do here and that's what i've witnessed in you as well that willingness to go places that people say i fear to tread there yeah. <laughs> and for some reason you didn't either you know, I, I, I think what you just said was great. Like when you're feeling fear, you know, you're off message. For me, it's I know that I'm getting sort of um, self-important. I really there think my fear comes when I think I'm doing it. Like and, and it, it can happen. It happens to all of us. You know, you're working hard. You're out there. I'm, I should have talked to that center. I should have done. I could have done more today. I could have. And then you start realizing it's like, am yeah. I the only one on this planet doing not? Yeah. And do I have any, you know, am, am I the one that's made all of these amazing things happen? I haven't. Yeah. I'm only a vessel. And, 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 and what gets me is when I'll suddenly be afraid. I'm like, oh, I've forgotten. I'm just a vessel here yeah, that yeah. This, God moves through me, You're God right. protects, God guides. Yeah. And, you know, I know there's people out there that have trouble when we start bringing this sort of spiritual conversation. It's like, and they'll say to me, Del, why don't you just stick to the science? We talk about that God stuff. Well, because you just asked, how is it that I can be so courageous? I don't know anyone <laughs> that can be courageous <laughs> if yeah. they don't know that they're protected. Right. 
you know, and, and, and people come up, aren't you afraid for your life? And you're so vulnerable about this. Like, I don't think, you know, it's no, I'm, I'm not afraid. No. You know, I don't, I don't decide how long I'm on this planet. I, I only get to decide the quality of life and the attempt I make to be the best person I can and, and deliver yeah. the messages that I think are, you know, important. Yeah. And in the, in the COVID era, it became very uh, overt, the fear as it was manifesting in all of our lives, potentially. And how are we direct? How do we react and respond? And this was another thing. A lot of people said to me, and maybe you've seen this as well. I thought so-and-so was my friend. I thought my family member was on the same page as me. Yeah. And they went down the complete opposite direction that, that anybody expected. It's like they went into the masking. They went into the mandatory vaccination area. Like, what happened? It's like only fear could drive you to do something so self-destructive, you know, of your own perceived or claimed, proclaimed belief system, which maybe never was really your belief system, but when it was calm and relaxing, the sun was shining, no problem, got a little bit stormy and you ran for cover. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of the arguments that, you know, Aaron Siri has been making in, in many of the cases we've had and been winning in courtrooms around COVID vaccine, around other vaccine issues. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're taking away our freedoms. You're taking away our rights in the time of, uh, you know, because it's a crisis. If our Constitution and our Bill of Rights doesn't hold up in a crisis, then it never had any value whatsoever. Like you can't. Exactly. Well, because now we're in a crisis, we take away your rights. It doesn't work that way. That was the only time you needed, you know, documents that state is when yeah, there's exactly. going to be pressure upon them. You know? I, I've said to the people of faith about the, the, the like the Ten Commandments. I said, uh, was there an escape clause there? Did God say in case of emergency, right. discard? Right. And I'm like, yeah. they're like, no, of course not. It's silly. Well, let's think about the Constitution. Was there an escape clause for that when they right. wrote about the Bill of Rights? It's like, these are yours before government. We're just acknowledging that yours. But in case of emergency, we'll discard those two. Right. It's like, of course, it's absurd. But the excuse every time from government is it's an emergency. We have to do it. I've called that the rule of necessity. That's not my term, but the rule of necessity, which knows no law or limitation. Yeah. And so if we live one crisis to the next, one emergency to the next, then we are never on solid ground. We never gain the rights that are ours by virtue of our very existence because we're too afraid to exert them. Exactly. They threaten us. If you do, you know, this is what happens. But, you know, just like, you know, booster number five and having sort of immune, immune fatigue, yeah. I think that they are really messing up now. I think they played this card too many times. You got the monkey pox and God knows what next is next. The, I, I call it the, they're, they're really on the verge of having the boy that cried wolf syndrome, which is, yeah. you know, God forbid something actually bad did happen. Like no one's going to be listening, but I just don't think you're going to do it again. I, I know they want to lock us down. I know they need to track us. They yeah. need that tracking system that they weren't able to push through. And there's a lot that, you know, Silicon Valley and pharmaceutical institutions want to, you know, control us with. But I just don't. They messed up so bad. It's so bad. I just don't know how they're going to get back there. I'm, it is a it is a valid know? question. You know, they they have screwed up. Now, some people perceive them as uh, kind of the immortals. They have this special connection to something that we don't have, and that they can't be beaten, and they never screw up. It's like no, quite the opposite. There's a lot of infighting at the level of which they're going about now. Going, Ooh, we really did screw up. We're doing yeah. what Dell said. We overplayed our hand. Now, what do we do? We scramble backwards. We go sideways. They they don't know the path forward fully. They, they do war games, these things. And we know they strategize more than sometimes or all the time on our side. Yeah. Those that love freedom and just want to be left alone. We don't really think about that so much. But they play it out. But then again, they don't count on us resisting. They count on us no. cowering in fear and just doing what we're told. And they know there would be small skirmishes here. But they didn't expect, I think, the resistance. And I think they always knew that 
the United States of America, the people, whether we're all on board in the same sense, are the obstacle for total domination when we talk about globalism and, yeah. and the agendas of WEF and other things. Look, I think you can look back to Nazi Germany. You can, I've seen lots of great speakers talk about that. They just regrouped, took a little bit slower pace, mm -hmm. bought up all the media, got in and said, if we're going to take over, we got to do it in a smarter way. But in the end, like you said, there's always that moment. Let's, I mean, if there's this globalist group out there, this, this tiny, I mean, I think if you look at the World Economic Forum, that exists. I mean, I know I can see it with my own eyes. Yeah. They're telling me right to my face, they want to take away everything I own, so then all I can do is rent. So it's not like there's this nothing is theoretical mystery. about no, Is there someone okay. above them? It doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't All you have to know is somebody is pulling these strings. And whoever it was, you have to assume that the one thing, they can plan, they can plan out everything. They can plan out, they've done fear tests before, and pandemic tests, and how much the media, and, and how they're going to scare us, and how we react. But in the end, the unknown quotient was once you finally try to take the rights away from human beings, especially in the United States of America, where we are, you know, we are, we're, we're, we're just raised in the idea of freedom and liberty. There was no way they would know what would happen there. And the truth is, is you want to talk about hurting cats? Human beings are the hardest cats in the world to hurt. We're a pain in the ass. And, and because of that, you know, just by nature, it just didn't work. It didn't work. We also, I would say, you know, we sort of laugh about not being organized. But I'll tell you, Scott, from the beginning, you know, I've been in these think tanks. Like, we got to all be aligned. we got to have yeah. the same messaging and all this. And I've said, no, 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 no. You keep doing what you're doing. Scott keeps doing what right. he's doing. I keep doing what I'm doing. And you know what? It worked. Because what they didn't realize was how many of us there were and how many different portals and sites and spaces and, 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 and mouthpieces we had so that when we started telling the truth on this, it was everywhere. Yeah, and right. they didn't know what to do. Had we been on one, one front and one microphone and one space and one thing, they could have stopped it. Right. But we came from all over the place, you know, arguing with each other, but still getting our stuff <laughs> yeah, out there. Exactly. You know, it's aluminum. No, it's mercury. No, it's right. COVID. Okay, we're all on COVID. Yeah, and it was spectacular. No, that's a great perspective. And y'all, when because I hear this all of the time, if we would only organize, if we would, you know, and I get it. There are purposes to do and work together and row the same way in certain things, but. There's not one passion and one mission. Each of us is born as individual. And, yep. you know, yes, we are created of God and in the image of God, but we all have different perspectives. And the things that we used to appreciate about each other, including things we disagreed about, now suddenly became cancelable. And I think that a lot of us have rebelled against that idea because we can remember a time where we we palled around with people we disagree with all the time. Yep. It was like, and now suddenly we yep. have to write them out of our lives. There's something that causes us to resist that even though many in fear went down that road and are yeah. now struggling to figure out, well, can they come out in time? I don't know, but we're not there to save everybody. Only those yeah. who are ready to, you know, if they need a hand, we're here. Yeah, absolutely. But we're not going to beat them into submission to do it. That's what the other side tries to do. It's a Noah's Ark moment, you know? I mean, in many ways that, you know, we, you enroll who you can. And I, I, I mean, I, I do look at the Bible, a lot of this, I think about, you know, Jesus said, Know, leave the dead to bury the dead. You know, this idea of I want to come, I want to bring the truth, but I have to go back and bury my father. Choose, you have to choose what you're going to do here. And in many ways, you know, we're all God's family. And I know one of the hardest things about this has been those direct family members that didn't yeah. go along and didn't. And I see people wasting so much of their energy and they're trying to bring, trying to bring that yeah. person has already poured the cement around their feet and jumped off the side of the boat. Like yeah. I just like we've got to find the people that are on the fence, the ones that are looking for the answers. That is and got to do it fast. Like, I mean, I know that my concern now is a complacency that, oh, we made it through. We're patting ourselves on the back. We should certainly celebrate this moment 
victory, but you must know they've gone over the hill and they are regrouping and they yeah. are studying all the data points that they got out of us and what they're going to do. We can't let them sit over there. We have to drive now. We have to get over that hill. We have got to take this entire thing down. And so it's our moment. Like I said, Goliath has been rocked. But, you know, if you ever watched like an MMA fight or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, like you see this, this guy, the guy will be on the ropes against the cage. He's going down and it only takes one haymaker from that guy and the yeah. other dude's down. down. Or, or you see them drop, you know, in a boxing match, they drop their arms, they take a rest. Like you can't rest. Like I get it. Your arms are, you know, tired. And yeah. for the people who've been at this so long, but we have, we've got the advantage now. It's now where we push with everything we've got. Again, another great slice of wisdom from Dell. Complacency is something that is a risk to us all. And it doesn't mean there aren't rest points in eternity, you know, with what we've been through. I understand that, you know, it, it takes a lot of tenacity, strength, and, and even, you know, we talk about exercising. We don't exercise and go into the, the finals race the first day, but it's a consistency over time. And many of you have been engaged in that and been prepared for this. And sometimes, like I said, when we talk, when we have these chats or when you do the show, it, it, it's really an uplifting opportunity to hear folks that are often reflecting or if not reflecting, causing you to reflect in a deeper way and in a different way. You know, my interactions with folks that we would have never been able to interact with years ago have brought me such great joy. Yeah. I mean, it really took on a different life of like, I thought we were all alone or a very small ragtag crew. And it's just grown to the point where I could have not conceived. I admit it. I could not have conceived this happening as quickly as it did, much less maybe in the lifetime, as much as I have hope, you know, and positivity yeah. and looking at this, we are in the midst of the craziest, coolest times ever. I think it is a spectacular moment to be alive. Yeah. We got one more segment with Dell Bigtree to wrap it up here on the GCN syndicated radio version of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And for those of you watching us because your patron supporters behind the scenes, I know you love this guy. Enjoy. We got one more segment. We'll be right back after this. RobertScottBell.com. Of course, links up to the high wire. I hope you're watching that every week as well and getting all the information you can to be empowered, to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. All right. If you're not already signed up for email newsletter type stuff at robertscottbell.com, you can text RSB to 22828, RSB to 22828. Just get plugged in easily that way. Uh, we, I can't believe we figured out how to do that. I know. I mean, it's like a step Amazing. too far. <laughs> Dale Bigtree is here. We're at the Autism One Conference. And I, again, I, I want to do a shout out. We did a special memorial acknowledgement of Ed Aranga, mm -hmm. who passed months ago. And shout out to Terry, who's at home as well, taking care of the kids. And we are here because of a lot of great people and, and their efforts. Uh, Ed reached out to me years ago because he really recognized how important the media would be. Yeah. And he, we had no friends. They had no friends in the media. And of course, I, I didn't I wasn't beholden to any pharmaceutical interest. Right. I was talking about it like, dude, you got to come here. I'm like, what is this autism community? I'd heard yeah. about it, but I didn't I wasn't personally directly affected by it. And it opened me up even to a community of people that were wounded terribly by what had happened in the vaccine issue. Even though I had had some vaccine injuries, particularly the smallpox when I was a kid, it didn't drive me into what we call an autism spectrum. So coming together like this has been a profound benefit to so many, the families, the doctors, the scientists, we've all benefited by this. And Dell coming into this mix, it only extraordinarily helped us to communicate in ways we couldn't before. As we wrap up the show in the next few minutes here, yeah. Dell. Other things that you've uncovered recently that we should know about? Well, I mean, I, I think it's all 
it, it's hard for me to think like that. It's every week I'm blown away that we, you know, I'll say that's the greatest show we've ever done. And then the yeah. very next week is like, I think that might be the greatest show we've yeah. ever done. And just so many amazing things. Last week I did a, a, a sit down interview with Senator Ron Johnson. Oh, what an amazing I mean, man. what an amazing yeah. man and yeah. just on it. I mean, so on it to think, yeah. you know, I thought while all this is going with COVID, why can't we get into the Capitol? We got to get to somebody, get the truth in there. He was in there. I mean, he was bringing the atlases and the Jay Bhattacharyas yeah. and, and all this. So, but, uh, but he wasn't really, he wasn't anti-vaccine so right he's he's controlled opposition oh he, I, controlled opposition i'm like dude yeah. let people you know they have to yeah. discover these things in their own time have you ever changed yeah. your view on anything in your life right it, you know i just say bring people and have compassion for where they are where they've been and the rapid rate at which we're being asked to change that's it i mean that When you look at, you know, I was in these think tank meetings and thinking, like, what is it we want to achieve? What is it the one thing we all agree on? And what we really came to, autism parents, totally unvaccinated parents, you know, whatever it was, we all said we have to end the mandates. You know, we're, I don't think we're going to eradicate this product from the, the face of the earth. And, and look, it's a free country. You yeah. want to inject toxic chemicals and viruses and bacteria in your yeah. body? It's some strange ritual. You go right ahead. See, that's I mean, the high ground. I mean? What you're describing is that's the high ground. It's about choice. It's, it's about, about liberty. Liberty. You, exactly. This, it's your yeah. family. You yeah. do what you want. But in the end, we went from that three to four percent you're talking about. I think the really hard numbers that we can get to right now, mm -hmm. and, and probably the most important is we only have about a 30 percent booster uptake now. And the most recent booster being recommended amongst those that are you know in line for it. That means 70 percent of the people that are in the system believed in the vaccines yeah. are now going against the CDC's recommendations. A poll out of Iowa just a couple of months ago of voters in Iowa, huge space where we always look for the heart of America. There's now only 34 percent of Iowans believe that the childhood vaccine program should be mandated on wow. children. 34% down from like 59% yeah. prior to COVID. So we are, you know, we are now the majority. This is the point that yeah. they, they made us be quiet. They made us afraid to talk to each other because they didn't want us to all know how many were here. But now the numbers are starting to become really real and yeah. vivid. And and everywhere I, I go, politicians are stumping to our crowds now. It yeah. is now a voting block. See, yeah, now they, and, and they look, if you were in at the senatorial level, like a Ron Johnson, you risk so much even talking to us. Mm -hmm. And yet he did. And yet some people said it's not enough. Well, it's it's never enough, really. You know where you are. No one. You go into that then and try it. But and I, I think we had a, a quick blip in the Ron Johnson segment. So I want you to reiterate meeting with Ron. Yeah. Also, what do you think his prospects are for re-election? Because they're they're working against him big time. Yeah, I mean, so I, after we did the interview last week, and everybody should see it. You want to just see a really spectacular, yeah. thoughtful, you know, guy that's in there trying to do what you want your politicians to be doing. But I just then I got done. I'm driving in. I heard he's four four points behind the the Democratic. Um, well, that would be know, a tragedy. Uh, it would yeah, be a real tragedy because. Uh, if we want to see, you know, Fauci go to jail, which is really like one of my number one goals in life now, uh, Fauci, Deborah Burks, these people that lied to us, they, they performed the Tuskegee experiment on us. They denied us hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D, vitamin C, all these things. They got us killed. 
by hundreds of thousands, if not millions, and they need to go to jail. Well, you know, Holocaust survivor Vera Sharab, you probably interviewed I'm her. I'm going to interview her actually yeah. uh, in about a week. She yeah. lays out the parallels. Mm -hmm. I say beautifully, but I mean accurately, let's say, about what led to the rise of the Reich and the, and the Nazi Germany, what happened. It's not hyperbole. This is actually happening. And uh, Scott Sherrill working with her in the loss of his daughter, Grace, we've covered it. I know, I think you've interviewed Scott as well. The High Wire's on every Thursday. Uh, we have it linked up. You guys are always sharing. Hey, did you hear what Dell said? I'm like, dude, give me a chance to watch it. Don't tell me yet. <laughs> Dell, God bless you. I love you, my brother. God bless you. It's great Thank to have you on board. And thanks for coming to Autism One, everybody. And uh, remember, the power to heal is still yours.